0: You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos.
1: What do you think, you know, outside of those meetings and kind of preparing them for the season, those meetings and preparing them for the, the challenges that may arise throughout the season, how do you think you make the biggest impact as a coach on your players, not just your captains, but all of your players, and their development specifically as leaders?
0: You know, that's, that's a great question. Um, and it's, it's one that, you know, maybe we don't think about as coaches enough. Because we're so caught up in, you know, getting to the season, you know, wins, losses, um, you know, the, the the development, maybe not personally, but but sort of as a player, you know, how are we going to get this this team to be cohesive? And and so, you know, the the moments you you hear a question like that, you can sit back and say, Wow, how did I, you know, really help this young man or my staff? And Um, it's one I've thought about a few times. Um, and look, look, there are, there are promises, you know, that, that people try to make. Um, and you know, I sit in front of our parents and our kids every year at a, excuse, usually the parents at the beginning of the, of the, of the season, these new parents and returning parents and, you know, the promises, I mean, there's really only one and it's, I'm going to do my best job. I'm going to do my best job. That's all I can really ever promise these, these families and kids is I'm going to do what I think is, is best, right? Some people may not like it, but that's the promise. And when you then go back and look, okay, I did my best and now how did this affect um, these young men? I think it, it, it kind of all culminates to the last practice of, you know, whether it's before a semifinal game or a championship game, um, and I look at the seniors and say, you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I hope you understand how much somebody cared about you. Right. Cause they don't always hear that. They don't always hear that. Their lives are full of sports, schoolwork, social life. And essentially that's kind of it. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, that's their lives. And they, they go through that every single day. You know, the rest of us have bills to pay, you know, kids to take care of and things to do and all this. And so, when they're caught up in those three to four things and they hear somebody like, Hey, you are cared about. I hope you understood how much somebody loved you and, 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 you know, showed up here every single day. I think that goes a long way. And, you know, you and I were talking the other day about some of the young men who've now come back into our program, who quite frankly, gave us uh, gave me some fits back in the day, but we never stopped caring, you know, and they might not have thought it at the time, but they, they, they do now. Um, because it's a rough world out there. And when they know that there's somebody who's got their back, that somebody who's cares and it shows up every day that can go a long way because it's going to kind of pay it forward. Right. And I see those guys coming back. They care about the program. Uh, they they care about something where it's developing just good people doing the right thing, working hard, bounce. And so I, I think, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, they, they realize that whether it was hard or kind, um, they were cared about. And even if they didn't play that much, even if they didn't, you know, get all the goals or the, or the glory or starts, you know, somebody cared. These coaches that gave up a lot, these assistants just cared. And I, that's all I really want the kids to ever know.
1: Yeah. And I think you've, you've definitely done a really good job. And you mentioned the conversation we had the other day. It really impressed me with, with how much, and and, you know, I know some of those guys personally that have been in the program and come back, And it's always impressed me how many guys from your program still reference the program, how much of them are really involved in your summer camps and even the coaching staff now are former players and how much they care about the program and care about those kids now. And I think that's definitely a huge piece. If you can instill that sense of care as a leader and instill that in your players, that, that's only going to make them the same type of leader. And I think you've seen that in your program. And I think if coaches recognize that, like you said, they'll develop sort of a, a pay it forward mentality where their players will go on to college um, in the professional world, everything about that. And then, you know, you, you do have some of those that come back and kind of, you know, repay the cycle that they came out of with, with their leadership as well. And I, I like I said, nothing, nothing, but, um, respect for how you've you've developed that kind of culture at at Gonzaga for sure I appreciate that who do you think yeah who do you, who do you think the two best captains and I know this is a is a really tough <laughs> question for for all coaches to narrow it down but who, who do you think the two best captains you've ever coached or you know experienced whether that be in, in your playing days as well at Lehigh or high school who are the yeah. two you've experienced firsthand and
0: and what made them so great Oh, man. Um, you know, I thought about this question um, a lot. And over the last, you know, 48, 48 some odd hours, I saw the, um, and, you know, my, my, my first thought is I went to <clears throat> back in, in 2010 when we won, you know, which is 10 years ago, even though it's 2019, we've had you know 10 seasons since then. Yeah. Uh, uh, there were some guys on that, those captains that really, I think it was, it's not like the guys the first two years uh, didn't sort of buy into what we were doing, but it was just so first. Right fresh and it was so new and it was so fast paced and we were playing the hardest teams we could possibly play. Um, we were hard on the boys and the 2010 captains I mean these are guys like Chris May, uh, Henry right. Stever, uh, Colin uh, Ely, uh, Patrick Covino, Connor Kenny, you know these seniors uh, Jacob I mean they, they were guys that not all of them were captains but um, they they really started to get the sort of the work that it took. And they, they led by example, that group, you know, we'd finished the practice and without even asking those young men, I mean, the ladders would be out, right. The bucket of balls would be asked if they could keep the key for the balls and the, you know, for the, uh, in the locker room or this or that. And, and they would just work. It would work. They would work. They just get after it. And it really, it really just kind of, you know, blew our minds to see this start to happen. And we had some tough losses early in that season, but they, they start to. St- they started to see their hard work pay off and these wins. And all of a sudden one goal losses that were going the other way, mm-hmm. right. Uh, in the years before start to go our way. Um, and yeah, it, it might be cliche that that's the first, you know, championship in 12 years. And these guys, I mean, heck that game. I'll never forget it when we, when we finally beat the math in the finals, yeah. it was unbelievable. But I mean, if anything, if you have something to believe in, you know, for, for young men to see, um, you know, that extra work, that buy-in, that family, that accountability, that never give up. It was that group that really started to instill that, you know, and, and I always think to that group, um, I wish I could name all those seniors uh, off the top of my head, but, you know, to answer the second, also another captain, <clears throat> I look to, you know, a few years later, I look at a young man named Luke McCaleb, who is class of 2016. He's a junior captain at Brown. Uh, now starter, he's just you know playing incredible college across, but you know he is a representative and, and a young man, Nick McAvoy, and a couple others, captains of like kind of that balance. Those guys really because there's a question coming up about you know how do you define uh, leadership? Um, I think you have that question, and mm-hmm. and and I those guys had balance, right? They 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 did other things. They did very well in the classroom, or at least they worked at it. You know they they they. They balanced their social life, and they kind of showed us, you know, showed the kids how to kind of tie in all those different things, right? It wasn't just lacrosse or nothing. It was so many different things, and they they showed up to work every single day. They showed up to to just whether we had a tough loss, they were there the next day. They were into it. They were battling. They cared. They had such balance, right? And you know, th- those to me were were some of the captains that really stood out. But again, each year is different and we've had so many different you know things come up over the years or teams we've played or this national team and things we had to handle or certain certain issues that, that guys handled very well. But I again I think back to the that 2010 group and I you know I think I think to Luke and Nick and, and some of those captains who just really who really just made uh who we are and and it's uh it's pretty cool to think about.
1: Yeah, and I love you those two examples you picked because you know they do have a little bit of a different nuances to them you know that first group really hard-nosed paradigm shift of a program what they did specifically to kind of change you know our second tenet of leadership at the captain's coaches is, is leadership is influence nothing more nothing less and that's really what those guys did from what it sounds like you know the the extra time after practice the the conversations they had with their their younger teammates for sure um truly influenced not only that team but kind of how your program has has been the last decade or so and that's a huge a huge part of what being a leader is
0: and yeah that, and, and if I can interrupt real quick yeah, I mean yeah. if I go back to you know the guys earlier there was a handful of guys that went on to play college across who were significant you know what I mean and then you kind of get to the 2015s 2016 17 like these guys are all you know essentially what the work with that was put in I mean could go to some incredible colleges and play right. and understand it. And it, so there's like a different balance because some of those guys that mentioned 2010, like they didn't even play in college. All right? right. You know, they just, this was it, you know, and the yeah. other guys were, were going off and, and it's so, yeah, I just, I just want to point that out.
1: Yeah. And that's a huge piece as well. You know, you don't have to be an all-star to be a great leader. And sometimes actually my, my conversation with Sam Walker, the author of the, the, the cabin class kind of said, you know, sometimes being the best player actually makes it harder to be a good leader because, you know, being the guy who most influences the outcome of the game based off your play, you know, you don't have as much time and energy to focus on everything that a leader may have to focus on. Not necessarily that the best player can't be your your your, your ultimate leader, but it sometimes can be very difficult. And, you know, the best leaders sometimes are those guys that more often than not actually end up being the guys that that don't have as much talent or You know, they they really can focus on what the team and the program needs. And then those second examples, you said, you know, now you got guys going to college left and right to play lacrosse and and to let your captains or give recognition to guys as captains who have gone on and had great college careers, but you focus on what they did away from the field as leaders, you know, providing an example for kids on how to navigate the world of being a successful high school player, the pressure of, you know, finding a college to commit to earlier and earlier every year now, but being able to say, Hey, look, like, this is how you do it in the classroom. This is how you do it away from the classroom, away from the field socially. And this is how you do it day in and day in, day in and day out at practice. Um, it's definitely that mix, you know, keep references our tenants, but another one of our tenants of leadership is that um, it, it's, an, it's an art form. Yeah. kind of have to find your own balance and balance has been a word that has come up, you know, more times <laughs> than I can count throughout the episodes and the guests I've had. And it seems to be one of the biggest parts of leadership is is finding that balance of, hey, how do I balance sports versus the social versus yep. academic and in high school that's a huge piece as well. So to have two guys that can kind of provide you that example for your younger guys and kind of give them, hey, you know, this guy was able to do all these things and and still be able to have the, the college career they have now. So I can follow directly in that path. So I think that's, that's a great. Yeah. Idea.
0: yeah. So now I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking of all these, na- I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of these guys over the years, but there there was, um, so we put out, uh, you know, we sent a, a tweet or a Facebook post or whatever, really interesting kind of fact about um, guys that became college captains, right? Yeah. And so in the last eight years or so, maybe less, uh, we've had seven college captains. Captains, right they've gone onto their their programs wow. to become um uh college captains which is it which is you know to me is wow that's that could be the ultimate uh sort of huge just pat, pat on the shoulder here but all but we, what the interesting thing was when we put it out there all seven all seven played some form of freshman lacrosse or jv lacrosse before making varsity in our in our program so the, that they awesome. weren't it's cool and, and that'll change you know obviously but but it was it was, it, it, it had such an effect when we tweeted it out you saw these pro, I mean, all of a sudden it went off like wildfire, you know, and in these, you know, it, these platforms were like, wow, this is cool. You know, retweeting it and showing it out there. Yeah. This is this is what it should be. And again, I mean, some of them, some of them were freshmen, you know, as freshmen on the freshman team, the ninth grade team. And then, then they were JBS sophomores and then they finally made varsity mm-hmm. and, they, and then became captains like a kid. um Colin Real, who became then a captain at Marquette, you know, in a new program yeah. and taking them to two Big East championships and right. some of these guys. But all of them, I mean, they all sort of learned that, again, just I didn't make varsity as a freshman, boom, I'm going to work hard here. I'm going to work hard on JV here, and then boom, you know. And I just, that was one of the coolest things because I started looking at it and I said, every single one of those guys weren't just handed the keys to the, the varsity team right off the bat. And it was just, it was just a cool little, little fun stat there that I wanted to share.
1: That's awesome. I, I can't think of a cooler, uh, a cooler little stat or, or a piece of data to kind of highlight, you know, what leadership is and what leadership can be. It really is a, is a process and it's a skill that just goes to show you, you know, one of the big things we try to, we, we talk about, you know, people talk about natural born leaders and, you know, leadership is, is something you're born with, but it, it, there are some that, that, you know, have a natural tendency of of being a good leader, but that's more so you know, what their parents have probably done with them, you know, instilling certain values and principles. But really, leadership is a skill that needs to be developed and honed in over time, just like anything else. And I think yep. that's a great mirror, um, just that that little piece, you know, freshman to JV, to senior to a captain, and then going on to college to play Division One, Division Three lacrosse, and being a captain for those teams as well. It's, that's just
0: awesome to see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And these were high level, you know, whether the, the top level of D3 or yeah. – you know, uh, Division One of major programs. So uh, anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems like you've, you've had, you know, amazing success, not only just on the field with the program and, and wins and championships, um, but also with your players for sure. And, you know, that last little piece, to, you know, kind of cherry on top example of that. What other advice do you have for team captains, either at the high school or college level or, or coaches looking for guidance in leadership development?
0: You know, I, I think it's in, in looking for leaders and development. Again, I just, you know, I, I think of balance. You know, we, we've said that word a few times. Um, I think of, I think of, you know, the day and age now. Look, times are changing. You know, it's you know whether we want to realize it or not. Obviously, in in the landscape of, of politics and um, the way the world's going, you know, people people really need as they develop leaders have to have patience, number one. Okay. Because, you know, I said before, nothing worth anything is just given to you. And so Mm -hmm. that takes patience, right? It takes balance. Um, A key component that I've learned is, um, you know, it's one thing, yes, your actions speak a lot, but listening I think is a very big tool for the kids and for the coaches, right? We all believe that our, our, our thought, um, you know, our way is the best. But until we sit back and actually, like, listen to something or to somebody, whether it's an assistant coach, whether it's, you know, a player uh, in an exit interview that's a freshman um, and, and and absorb what people are saying, um, we're not going to get anywhere. I mean, that, that goes for your job. That goes for your marriage. Right. It, it, it's a two way yeah. party here. And we all just want to hear ourselves speak and, and just go. And this is how it's going to be. But until we listen. Right. Until if I had to listened to whether it was at these leadership programs or this conference or that, or if I didn't listen to my wife, you know, in terms of, you know, talking about issues with our team, you know, with young men, um, you know, our, our children, you know, I, it, it's just going to be the same thing. And I think, I think that balance, the patience and listening is very important. And, and in leadership, you know, I'll be honest, I'm one thing I'll never change is being competitive, um, right. but there's a way, to be competitive you know there's a way to treat people i mean look if if you and i are going to go play a a ping pong match or golf or pool or whatever it is or just a race like i'm going to want to win i mean you still have to have that competitive fire Mm -hmm. right because you're not going to get anywhere so those are probably the four things in terms of like um my definition of it and and sort of the development and i think probably the the biggest key piece is the listening part right yeah you've got to be able to um to absorb things and and um that would be my advice.
1: Yeah and I I love that you brought up the listening piece cuz again going back to our tenets that you know one of my favorites is our third tenant that it's a leadership is the essence of of self-expression and I always love to bring it to the other half of the self-expression and you know in order to express yourself you have to be able to take in some stuff and kind of respond to it. And yeah. if you're not responding to anything you're just white noise. You you you're just you know, you're saying stuff to nobody. You have no audience if you're not listening, and listening is is the most important part of communication. You know, it takes two people to communicate, and I always shoot the example of of Tim Duncan. You know, he wasn't a big rah rah guy. Um, right. He was, you know, one of the the transcendent leaders that Sam Walker highlights in his book, and really was the the key piece of the Spurs dynasty um, throughout the 2000s. And before that, and he was a guy. If you see every timeout they have, he'd go around, you know, he'd say a little something in somebody's ear, but really, he he was a listener. And the best leaders are guys that can kind of just quietly absorb everything that's going around them. They're going to listen to everybody as individuals, take everything in, and then make a decision based off that. And I'm just the listening piece is so huge, and sometimes this gets overlooked by the pregame speeches and being the rah-rah right. guy that you ha- always have to be talking. You always have to be telling people what to do. Like really being a leader, it's, it's about stepping back, being able to listen, absorb, and kind of just providing the the light touch here and there that, that once you find out what you're listening to, that's all that is really needed.
0: Exactly. And and, and it's that, that understanding, you know, for, you know, look, if you even take it into a, into a game, right. And and you, you mentioned it with the rah, rah, you know, pregame speech that, that'll only get you for the, you know through the yeah. first two minutes of the first exactly. quarter. Yep. And so if, if you're, if you're listening yeah. throughout the game, you're understanding, you know, if you're an attackman and you're starting to understand this chess match with the, with the defenseman that's on you. Right. And if you're really understanding and kind of listening to everything that's going on, mm-hmm. you know, by the fourth quarter, you're going to be that guy who has timed up his checks that has realized, you know, how tired he is or that he's looking uh-huh. off ball, you know, in the fourth quarter when, when you get that, that big moment. And that goes throughout the season. You're listening to the coaches and you're watching, mm-hmm. you know, how they do practice and what they really, really want, right. And vice versa. Um, and then you're the guy late in the season. If somebody gets injured that boom, you know what? He's figured it out. Let's yeah. guys, trust this, trust this young man and put him on this man up spot because this guy went down or man down or, you know, and I see it every single year. There's that injury. And the last two years in our championship game, we've had guys that have just kind of waited their part. They've shown up every day. They were listening. They understood. They were asking good questions. Um, they were giving good feedback. And the last two years in the WCSE championship games that we've won, we've had two starting defensemen go down and two guys that hadn't really played all season step in and do uh, beautifully. You know, it's just it's, – it's all that yeah. kind of combined. So it's pretty Yeah, cool.
1: that's huge. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, well, Coach, thank you so much for coming on the show. Before I let you go, though, I got to get uh, two more out of you. What is a book you most often recommend to your players or other coaches?
0: You know, a couple of years ago, we, we read a book um, that was um, sort of suggested to me. It's called The, it's called the Hard Hat uh, by John Gordon. I don't know if you have read that book. Um, mm-hmm. It's about George uh, Biardi. Who is a young man that actually went to Landon School? Who put, went up to Cornell? Um, uh, he essentially had passed away. I uh, took a shot uh, to the heart when in a game for for Cornell. Um, and John Gordon um, just really kind of captures. You know, you, you'll recognize a lot of the names of the guys yeah. that were coaching on that Cornell staff at the time. And, and we had mm-hmm. the boys read it. Um, and, and, and it speaks to leadership. It speaks to what kind of captain and, and person. Ah, uh, George really was, you know, how he's selfless, and um, you know, he was one of the best. I, I, think LSMs in the in the country, and and they mm. said, can you can you do this? I mean, can you play short stick, mid? Can you do this? Can you do that? And he just how he cared about his teammates, and and their stories of him, um, and it's so an, an incredible book. So um, that was one I think the kids really enjoyed reading, and and it was one for me like it's just another piece of you know reading about uh, another program and kids and leadership. And th- so it's called the hard hats.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I'll definitely take a look at it and, uh, and we'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes for anybody else who's looking out uh, for, that, for that read as well. Um, and then do you have a, do you have a favorite quote coach?
0: I've got a few, um, and I'll go real quick. Um, yeah. one, the first one is one, my dad sent to me and I don't know who said it, but, um, it's, he, he had wrote to me one time, you, you know, you can tell a sailor by the storm okay so you know and every when the chips and the seas are calm and and you were um you know just sailing along here it's it's great you know and and but when things get rough and you know the waters are crazy you know you can really tell somebody through adversity essentially, right. essentially what it's what it's saying and, and we always talk about that yeah um we actually um Jocko Wilnick this year our, our, our kind of phrase was good uh retired Navy SEAL, and he had this podcast. He's talking about good, right? Things go bad. Just say the word good. Our kids really, they just, they just, they gravitated towards it so much so that it was, you know, uh, we just had it everywhere. That's all we said. But, uh, two more is, you know, one that not that I'm not gonna take credit for it, but I've always said to the kids, especially, you know, in our off season is don't wait to care, you know, do not wait to care because um, I've seen it too many times when we're in the fourth quarter and one in particular was our championship game in 2017. We hadn't lost a, a league game in I think like 84, 85 straight games and, and we lost, right? We lost in that championship and I felt like we waited to care, you know, in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden the kids are like, oh my gosh, we're down. Like what's going on here? Like, let's go, let's go. And I think that, that resonates really well with young men. Like, just don't wait to care, you know, get your work in, get yeah. after it. Um, because if you wait, it's too late, you know, and that could be with any young man that's wants to go meet some young lady and boom, and he's waiting, he's nervous, he's nervous, boom, she's gone. Right. Or, you know, trying to get into that certain class or trying to do this or that, or trying to make the team. And he just kind of waited around. Um, And then the last, the last quote is uh, one of our assistant coaches, uh, John Schlegel, who was uh, an all American at Ohio Wesleyan uh, last year. He said, uh, you know, we had had a a tough loss and and we had our home stretch coming in to, to finish the season. And it was just uh it was four letters g t t r and the kids really gravitated towards that and that's just get there then rest so the whole point was look let's get to the end of the season but everything you do from here on out right whether you're sprinting to the box whether you're getting in the hole whether you're running a drill just get there and then you can rest so those are those are some quotes that i uh you know quickly wanted to wanted to share
1: yeah i love the i love the jocker quote good um we had a <laughs> in, in in college um coach Abarisi, if anyone's listened to this, some of the, the guys I played with in their interviews, you, you know, one of our favorites that we always have is, is no one cares. Um, whenever anything, you know, we're practicing in, in Mikey stadium and, you know, negative something degrees with snow frosted to your face mask. He would, right. just, look us, he would just look at us and say, Hey, UMass doesn't care. Um, they
0: don't. <laughs> it, yeah, that's awesome.
1: yeah, it's, 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 it's so funny. So we we say that still to this day, every now and then, half is a joke, but still half seriously. So I love the I love the good
0: from Jaco. I love it. Yeah, n- n- nobody, literally nobody cares. Like everybody works yeah. hard. Like kids understand that. Like they're all they all want to win. Everybody's yeah. trying to work hard. You know, yeah. um, that's beautiful. Love it.
1: Yeah, I love it. Well, I've taken up too much of your Saturday morning here, Coach, and I I really appreciate you you coming on the show and and sharing some of the wisdom and insights into the into the Gonzaga lacrosse program and. It'll be it'll be one for for high school, college, coaches and athletes uh, alike to to listen to and definitely take some some pieces away back to their own teams, and, and programs it. as well.
0: Luke, I appreciate it, and and what a full circle to to be you know in the scout room, room you know uh, remembering you back you know at class of twenty twelve and and what you did uh, at Good Counsel and and how hard you played and uh, it's just really cool to have this conversation and so just want to thank you uh, and and really really just just proud of not only like the young men and in, in you know the WCAC you know uh, grown up and, and things that you did and thank you for everything uh, but it's just the beauty of our right I, I think the people yeah. across community uh really care there's a lot of things that that you know our our sport can can hang their hat on and and, and just that we do. And, and just having this conversation, uh, has made my, uh, has made my Saturday. So I really appreciate
1: it. And <laughs> no, I appreciate the kind words as well, coach. Well, uh, I hope you have a, a good rest of the day with your family. Hopefully you get those, those crabs we were talking about a little bit earlier. Let's and, do it.
0: Let's yeah.
1: Do it. All right. I'm going
0: vinegar, man. I'm ready. <laughs> Heck yeah. You, Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the captain's coach podcast with Luke Boulin. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.